Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the only podcast produced by three two-time winners of IMSA Spirit of the Race Award. That's right, you're tuned into the Check Engine Podcast. We're hosted on Anchor.fm, and we are streamed all over the place on any platform you use to listen to your favorites. Nick, Andrew, and Tristan are behind the microphones yet again. What's going on, gentlemen? Happy pre-St. Patrick's Day, maybe? <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it was a holiday, and I was, I, I was shocked for a moment there. I was like, wait. Uh. Not yet. Not yet. What day? What day? Pre, hey there, pre- boy, what day is it? What day is it? It's pre-St. Patrick's Day, sir. <laughs> pre, Pre-Patrick's Day. I, um, I, I famously am kind of anti-St. Patrick's Day, but as I grow older and acquire the taste of old people, I'm now very pro-St. Patrick's Day because of the profusion of corned beef in stores. Corned beef and soda bread. And yep. uh, therefore, um, Rubens. Obviously, the logical yes. conclusion of everything yes. delicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wait, Tristan, I'm... would you eat a Reuben? No. I don't think so. You sounded for a second. I was like, wait, hold on. Wait, we're on to something here. <laughs> no, I'm very, I'm very aware of Reuben's. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Tristan, aware of Reuben's. <laughs> Even aware of the, the Rachel. Of 10. The what? That is that is a headline. I like when I discover things on the internet, and they're almost always negative and day ruining. Then I send them to Tristan. Hey, I just learned about this. Well, no, I do <laughs> the same, and then he tells me not to, and he gets all mad about it. Well, that's news. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Russia's about ten minutes from nuke in the U.S. Like, bro, just let me die. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you do that? Just let me die. Yeah, if we, it would probably be better if we didn't know it was coming. Yeah, die with, with your eyes open. <laughs> how was that helpful to me, with, uh, helpful to me. what was that um the story about jim carrey right he was in hawaii remember um i think it was probably almost 10 years ago now the uh, state of hawaii accidentally sent out a sent out a statewide yes um, nuclear uh like a, a bomb like you're all gonna die in in 10 minutes thing like a warning uh from the from the actual emergency notification service and the story that i heard goes that jim carrey uh had a moment of great peace and went and sat on the beach until his manager came and got him later and was like oh yeah by the way that was fake (laughs) and it like changed his life right see i'm just i'm just trying to change your life <laughs> just, but there's no seas around here. What am I gonna do? Go look at go an empty cornfield. The empty cornfields. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go, I'll, go wait, and... I'll wait until summer, and then you can look upon the amber waves of corn. There you go, <laughs> amber green, <laughs> amber green. <laughs> what? Okay, what are we doing, guys? This is since we are a Cold War podcast. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Well, no. Uh, uh, so, so we're, it's we're, not only a holiday. But uh, well, I guess it's a second holiday coming up, Nick. But but only for us, specifically for us and the listeners of this podcast. That is that is true. Um, within it's it doesn't line up exactly, but within a few days of us releasing this very episode, it will mark our uh, fifth anniversary. That's crazy. Five, five year March eighteenth, twenty eighteen. Episode one was released. Damn. Craziness. That actually is really crazy simply because um, 
what, what what kind of crazy person would do this for five years, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just do this without making money at it. No marketing, no sponsorship. Very rarely, rare sponsorship. Um, well, just think of it like moves, job changes, marriages, yeah. kids, like all the stuff that's gone on in the last five years. Yet somehow we just keep coming back and turning these microphones on and doing this car buffoonery every couple of weeks. Just something fun to do. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. So I guess uh, not only happy pre-St. Patrick's Day, but happy fifth anniversary, guys. Hell yeah. It's been a... That's crazy. A weird ride. <laughs> well, I hope Thanks. So. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. <laughs> Andrew said so, he would hope so, so he he agrees with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so five years, man. Um, what have we done and what have we accomplished in five years? What's been fun? What do we what What do we remember? What What did we enjoy? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, obviously, I think the the caliber of guests we were able to get on this show are absolutely beyond us. Truly shocking. Yeah. (laughs) There's no way, no way we could have got, we should have been able to get the people we got from (laughs) Bozy to the, to dinner with racers, guys, Balicki, (laughs) like an actual NASCAR cup driver. Um, Heinricher racing, that whole whole team. That might be, that might be my all time favorite. That was just wild. And the fact that we got to do it, do that interview in their, transporter too like that wasn't that wasn't a zoom call that was in the paddock at road america yeah that was great we've had a couple good good ones in the paddock at road america too at least you have nick (laughs) true true um yeah i mean aaron tealitz shit yep he he was in yes he was the first time was in the paddock at road america um that was awesome um, I mean, who else? I'm I'm forgetting people. Steve Welk, man who wears all sorts of hats. Spotter. Oh, that was a business fun one. one. That was a really fun one. And the that Steve was in Welk, his. That was really good. And that was in his um punk rock skateboard themed office. He invited us to his home to do that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Into people's um, trailers, into people's homes. Um, we, we got just, stick like, three assholes. Like they yeah, don't just... know. <laughs> We're like, what the hell? That's so weird. <laughs> It just sees three, three hooligans showing up with microphones, um, getting stickers on like a free sponsorship on race cars, the guerrilla mm-hmm. marketing that takes place. Shout out to Marillo racing, uh, and Heinricher too. Um, and Balicki Balicki put it, put us on his Xfinity car. He did. That's right. Did. That was great. First, oh man. The first generation of stickers. Yeah. That yeah. Was before awesome. we, we even got a professionally done logo. Although Andrew, your fir- the first logo was really well done. <laughs> well, please, it wasn't, but thank you. <laughs> well, actually, the the golf knockoff logo still exists and is living strong today. And that That's wasn't prof- that was literally just you and some Photoshop skills. It so. was, yeah. <laughs> that was that, like I've said before. That is the maximum extent of my Photoshop skills. That is that is the absolute peak of my artistic ability. Lifetime. It it was enough. Yeah. <laughs> so um we've so yeah i mean from 
the caliber of guests we had to the fact that we've actually had individual episodes chart in multiple different countries on Apple. Yep. Yeah. Like including, including the ones with our family members, our father's day episode, our, at the time, the best ones, wives and fiancés and girlfriends episode. (laughs) That was just a great one to record. That was really fun. Yes. I, I think no disrespect and many, 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 many thank yous to all of our guests. But I, I think those two, the Father's Day and the significant other episodes were the two most fun, like with guests to record. Yeah, um, they won't they won't take offense to that. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, what what other not I have a couple ideas of what like my favorite um, non guest episodes were do you guys have any one or two that stick out favorite non-guest episodes yeah the one that always sticks out for me is uh, my brother's sleeper yes yeah definitely that was great that was that was really really fun Mm -hmm. we built built cars for each other yes that was (laughs) hilarious and then the inverse episode where we uh, where we uh in chose cars to inflict on each other <laughs> yeah fun. yeah yeah yeah. that was also great that was i think about that all the time well because i could probably fit a hummer in my driveway now yeah yeah and i would definitely <laughs> still take the school bus i was gonna say like i failed miserably at that because i thought <laughs> hey i, I'm, <laughs> I, I found got one a, a couple hundred dollar school bus on craigslist and tristan is like i love this <laughs> damn it it's like me trying to feed hot tamales to the dog backfired amazingly <laughs> oh shit <laughs> literally that was uh, no um, no luckily luckily not literally just he really enjoyed them and gave him yet another thing to beg for instead of scare him away with cinnamon that actually mm. that actually reminds me um this just happened uh one of my buddies uh has a dog who got into um, some ghost pepper almonds and ate the whole like jar of ghost dog Ooh. was crazy for it. Loved it. Went, <laughs> went absolutely nuts for him. Uh-huh. Nuts. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was all <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, like, how? How can I, dogs can feel spice, right? That's like a thing. So yep. I guess... It just likes extremely spicy food. Do you think dogs can handle more spice than we can on average? I don't know. So I, I wouldn't think noses. so. Right. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't think but so. Anyway, we're not a dog, a spicy dog podcast. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, you remember that episode where we just reviewed watch mojo lists? That was one of my favorite ones. I thought it was going to be trash, <laughs> but it was actually like really, really fun. That was fun. Um, we should do that again. We should do that again. I think we can do where we. Was it one person who was the host asking trivia or did we each ask each other trivia questions? That one I thought would kind of fall flat, but that was fun. Um, that one better than expected. Um, yes, that's always nice. A nice reward. I think. So my biggest, I guess I wasn't too worried because we were just doing this for fun. But like there's a lot of obviously car and automotive podcasts out there. We're in a very we're a very small fish in a very big ocean of that. So it's like, wh- what are we going to do? That's different. What are we going to do? That's unique. And that stands out. I, so I like some of those episodes where we really thought up something like I go back to like, what was it like episode three or four when we did 
we we each filled out a garage, but it was from the the wedding phrase, old, new, borrowed, and blue. Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I, I really, like I really enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed uh, the two part um, car Olympics. Yeah, where we car of all time. That was another good one. The oh, the bracket, the bracket challenge. It's Mm -hmm. that time of year again right now. Um, That's right. It is. So. So I I liked those like when we were take we were taking a common. Topic or a common idea that you see car journalists have done for ages and then you put a unique spin on it put a unique twist on it. So I, I really, really like those episodes. Yeah, those are, those are fun to make as well as usually they turn out pretty well. So you guys yeah, think as, as with, as with ahead, the, as with the, you know, the father's day and the, you know, significant others episode. Also the ones that, that I really like are the ones that, you know, are kind of a little personal. I think a lot of people, you know, will look at car news and talk about racing and that kind of thing. But, you know, being a also being a slice of life car podcast is is pretty cool. Um, you know, what one of our very first episodes, the, you know, first cars one, um, you know, that was that was one that has a has still has a ton of plays on it and was a really fun, really fun process to go through with you guys. So nice. Yeah. It's do you do you ever go back and listen to that one? Like how terrible the audio quality was and how our how our it's really something that I'm flat and like (laughs) I can't something I'm really proud of really something that's kind of proud of us for too is that we haven't taken those down either. It's like, hey, this is where we came from. We're gonna leave them up. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why would we? What do you think we've gotten better as at as like a, a co-hosting crew over the last five years? Did we improve in any aspect of this besides getting some better equipment? So other than technologically? Yeah, <laughs> technology. And then COVID just came in and blew that all away. It's like, ah, you can all you can record in perfect definition over the Internet. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. Oh, I think I think we I hope I shouldn't say I think I hope we flow better. I hope we that was exactly as much. exactly what I was going to say. I think that even, you know, when we started the concept of the the open episode um, that, you know, it was kind of rough. It was, you know, we didn't flow cleanly from one idea to the next. It was, you know, it was it was what we kind of advertise ourselves to be, but no one would actually listen to a bunch of guys sitting in a room talking about cars where there's this big gap while you you know take a sip of your beer and watch tv for 10 minutes and then think of the next thing um you know (laughs) we we have to keep it flowing much more cleanly than that and i think we've come a long way in that but our guests can tell us or our guests and our listeners can tell us if they uh, agree with that (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's actually a actually a really good transition for the audience if you've been listening for any length of time if you're new welcome um, if you've been with us for a while, let's let's um, let's hear from you. What um, favorite episode, favorite topic we've discussed, things we've gotten better at, things we can still improve at. So things we've gotten we... worse at. What do you think we've got? Uh, <laughs> scheduling? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, worse at scheduling. <laughs> worse at uh, making time at times, I think. is definitely a problem, you know. Well, I mentioned... 
the house and the kids. That, and, yeah, I mentioned that earlier, though. There's like a lot of shit that's happening that, yeah. you know, this this isn't a full-time job for us. Life do and be like, going on, though. Life do be happening. But yeah, listeners, um, what's been your best, worst, most enjoyable um, episode <laughs> or topic or anything from us over the last five years? Let us know. Reach out. We got Mastodon now. You can find us there. That's right. We do. Well, on the topic of hopefully unique things, uh, what I would like to do tonight for this podcast, I told you guys we we're going to talk about automotive conspiracy theories, but here's what I actually want to do. I want to read you the short version of a bunch of car related conspiracy theories. And then I want you to rate them, whether or not they're good conspiracy theories or bad, or you think they're true. I just want, just based on the, just based on the thumbnail, I want you to decide okay. how you view the world through the lens of these conspiracy theories. So is this it, could, is, this could tell a lot about us. I so know. Is this, <laughs> is this, so is it good, bad, true, untrue? Like what's the scale? But we... I think so. So picture it, you know, kind of like moving axes, right? So there's good and bad, and then there's, uh, you know, not true and true. So it's an X and a Y. You could have one that's like incredibly entertaining. It's a great conspiracy theory, but you're like, that's that's not true. There's yeah, no way. Yeah, one that are super likely, but it's kind of boring or whatever. Yeah, or it's observable yeah. fact. And you're like, yes. well, no, that just happened. That's a bad <laughs> conspiracy theory because it's not one that's real exactly exactly that's that's what i would like to do tonight and i think all right i'm um, fired up yeah i i don't know this is going to be interesting because when i started to look this up and it all started because i I'd found some conspiracy theory documentaries on your various streaming platforms i've been watching those and some of those are crazy right but it was a bad time to search for this because apparently there's one um fairly major conspiracy theory that was generated in the UK earlier this year. And then there's this whole entire massive ecosystem of gas price related conspiracy theories that have been going on since the Trump presidency. So that was a lot of what I found, but I did find some more interesting stuff kind of in between. I feel like uh, the, gas, think, the gas conspiracies have been going on, maybe not gas prices, but like fuel mileage has been going on for far longer than the Trump administration. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. Decades this, um, upon decades upon decades. Sorry. I should, I should, I, well, let's start with that one then. The first right, one, the, the, the first one related to that. So uh, yes, it's about soaring gas prices and blah, 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 blah. But of course, because it's current year, the conspiracy theory is this gas prices climbing in the U S has nothing to do with Russia's invasion of Ukraine has nothing to do with uh, COVID-19, has nothing to do with supply chain issues. It is specifically because the Biden administration is driving up the price of gas to force you to buy an electric car. Hmm. I think that is a bad conspiracy theory because it is potentially so obvious you know like like, I, like like it's it's like it's like you know there's no imagination to it it's like hey these people want me to like it they've stated they want you to buy an electric car and you're right. and you're seeing that gas prices are going up and you're like oh this is because of this 
Like now, whether that's true or not, you know, you know, whether what whatever your evidence may or may not be for this, it is a boring conspiracy theory. It's like, hey, yes. you know, like again, like it, like if it's true, like hey, you know, these tire companies want me to buy more tires, so they're showing me like how fast I can take a corner in my nine eleven, so I wear my tires out faster. It's like. Well, okay, <laughs> like sure. That one. Like, sure, maybe it's a conspiracy theory, or maybe it's just kind of how the world works. So, sure, that's a, that's a better conspiracy theory than the one Andrew read. It is. It really, <laughs> I, I, I rate that one great. I'm going to start um, that. <laughs> yeah. Bridgestone, Bridgestone is out a, to sell me more tires. It is. A, it has started right here. Every time in a commercial yes. or in a truck commercial, when you see him driving off road. That that they are trying to get you to spend more money on tires. Oh, that's Bill Stein trying faster. to sell more shocks. Wear out the shocks. Drive yeah. the trucks off road. Them too. They're all. It's the same company. Shit. I'm also yeah, starting you know, all, all the all the truck manufacturers trying to get you to void your warranty. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Now, because um, what is it? The the new GM commercials with all all three of their mainline trucks driving off road. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's um, so. We, we, I think that's how we want this to go. It already took a tangent, which is great. Spurred some conversation. Um, but back to your original, um, theory there, Andrew, I would say not only is it not true or not a good conspiracy theory, I don't think it's true. Fair. Um, simply for the fact that oil and gas and energy companies buy the oil, not the government. So, okay. yep. um, yeah, I, I don't know how the government could actually influence the price if they don't own the oil. <laughs> I mean, that and it's, and it's my argument is it's universal everywhere. And it's like, and it's yeah. not just it's not just impacting gasoline. It's impacting like natural gas and heating fuel oil. And it's like, right. oh, that, that'll get me to buy an electric car, make me unable to heat my house. Right, nope. exactly. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's clearly silly. But so that that's been a hot one for a while. Now the other one that made it particularly difficult to find other conspiracy theories outside of this is the hot one on the block now. So get mad about this one today. <laughs> um, I'm it's, mad. <laughs> see, I, I will call this. We'll call it the 15 minute city. Is what's called. Oh shit! I that's a really good name for a conspiracy theory. It's a really good name for a band. Oh yeah, it is. Well, sorry, what did you say, Tristan? I was literally talking about this like a couple days ago. <laughs> it's hot. It's the hot new one. Um, it is everywhere. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tristan, but from what I've read, uh, there's a there's a move in I think Oxford specifically, Oxford, England, uh, to attempt to create a 15 minute city. The theory being uh, you would open up the city as much as possible to allow people to walk anywhere in the city in ideally 15 minutes, walk or or walk or bike. And you would do that primarily by removing traffic. Um, And so, okay. The reaction to this has been shocking. Uh, The, the, the evidence in front of you, uh, obviously, this is this is true. Would tell you that the tyrannical globalists are going to strip you of your right to own a car by creating these cities, uh, and then they will 
monitor you like you live in North Korea and it's a climate change lockdown. Um, and this is all true, clearly. Yeah, not, you know, it's like the whole goal was originally or as is not even as originally that would imply that the other one is true. Um, the, <laughs> the goal is that everything that you absolutely need is within 15 minutes walking. So pharmacy, groceries, doctor's offices, whatever, that's all close. And then like, sure, maybe you're not going to have an Apple store every 15 minute walk or a Best Buy or whatever, you know, um, essentials, but the essentials will, and that will encourage people to do more of their day-to-day lives on foot, which is both good for us and for the environment. So the, the conspiracy has gone as far as to pull up these kind of fake, uh, you know, fake pieces of information about, oh, they're already instituting like travel passes and you're not able to travel out of your zone, um, you know, without special permission because everything you need is in your zone, you know, and it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> A little slippery slope fallacy there. Well, here's, here's the thing. So this is happening in Oxford or Oxfordshire. Um, uh, what I was trying to figure out here quickly is what year was season six of Top Gear? Original Top Gear. Oh, man. 2007, 2008. It was 2005. Damn. Okay, we're old. In 2005, <laughs> Top Gear told the world and showed the world that Oxford is Oxford, well, I don't know the size of it, but it's fundamentally a large college campus. They have not wanted cars in that city since 2005. If you're complaining about that in 2023, you might have missed the boat. It might just be too late for you, buddy. (laughs) It's something that would be, it would be a major overhaul like in the United States, but, but functionally in a lot of Europe, that's, they already have, 75% 75% of that in place. I mean, yeah, right. you know, when I when I was in the UK for work, you know, not the town that our offices were in, but Cambridge, uh, you know, we didn't drive anywhere. We went to Sainsbury's by foot, we went to the, you know, restaurants by foot, we, you know, got went got to the train station to get to London on foot, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's all 10-15 minutes walk away and it's very convenient. The cities are not designed for cars. You try to drive a car somewhere and it is inconvenient. Um, right. You know, so I don't think it's all that outlandish to say, Hey, let's push it that last 25% and make sure that people have everything they need within a short walking distance. So, cause essentially at that point it's down to a little bit of change in urban planning. Right. And, and, and I'm yeah. thinking, well, to reference top gear again, there's three or four episodes where they intentionally make them drive cars into cities that you can drive cars in, but you shouldn't because they're medieval castle towns. And right. what did people do for hundreds of years up until just recently when the car was invented? Well, they walked. They walked. <laughs> they rode a horse. So, right. you know, motorcycles, I guess. You or know. Velocipede. <laughs> it's just like. I, I can I there's a part of me that almost understands uh, the fear side of it that, hey, you know, the car is going away. What will I do? But what I it seems worse 
to stoke that fear by invoking the concept that if you can't drive a car in perhaps five square miles, you cannot own a car. That seems super disingenuous to me. How are you going to get between city and city? (laughs) Right. I I will give it points for points for paranoia and pulling out all and pulling out all of the real trademark dog whistle global cabal um you know new world order globalists um you know i'm sure that there are many ethnic groups people would like to include um you know (laughs) that you know they're not saying out loud um so it is it is a good solid you know piece of conspiracy theory technology Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it's based on a true thing governments and city planners and people want to do this kind of thing but it's taking it's purposefully taking it too far to scare people to make them believe there's a conspiracy theory to make them push back against what would basically just be otherwise pitched as hey Let's make sure you got a pharmacy near your house. Like yeah, people aren't gonna, people weird. aren't gonna people aren't gonna hate this unless it's pitched a specific way. And yep, you know, and they and they've done that. And the <clears> fact <throat> that it as is as popular as it is, yeah. I, I think it is a Shocking. I think it is a I think it is a good conspiracy theory that is wildly untrue. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. It's. It reminds me of all the political ads slash propaganda we see during like your gubernatorial race or the presidential race, where it's just all scare tactics all the time. Push back, vote no against this, vote no against that. Um, so this governor it, wants it, to turn your children into gumdrop children. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it and you know this is the second one that Andrew presented, but I would say that this is maybe the first nominee for the night's hardest in the paint award. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Real it, hard. It, it escalates very quickly, which it makes does. it. <laughs> so, um, nothing about it is remotely true though. Um, in my belief and probably not. Yeah. Good conspiracy. Very little truth. Like the Hunger Games thing is really, it's like they're making Hunger Games. It's like, yes, they're going to put us all in districts. Are they now? (laughs) I hate to tell you, if you live in the U.S., you're already in a district. So I guess bow up like, yeah, bow up. Weird. I'm more of a spear spear guy. Yeah, (laughs) they're going to put us in districts and make us fight to the death once a year. Or they just want you to walk to get your sleeping pills. That's very strange. <laughs> Maybe if you walk to get um, your sleeping pills, you won't need your sleeping pills. That's true. A little exercise, a little outside time. Yeah, you know? yeah you. maybe. Go touch grass. Touch grass. <laughs> touch grass, losers. <laughs> okay. And episode title, Touch Grass, losers. <laughs> here's, here's a fun one. This one I like. This is, this is an interesting one. All right. Mary Barra is the CEO of GM. All right. So there's, all right, we're, we're building, we're building the yarn. We have a picture of Mary Barra. We've got the, the thumbtack in it and the red yarns going this way. Charlie Day. Australia. Yep. Yep. All the way to Australia where the Ford versus Holden rivalry 
has been around <laughs> since the building of Holden. Now Holden is GM. So then we have Holden. It goes back to Mary Barra. We're, we're in Australia. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Now we need to take a string and put it to the LS engine. Okay. Okay. Uh, the rival to the to LS engine. Them. Yeah, the, the rival to the LS, which is the Holden engine, is the Ford Falcon, which uses mm-hmm. the XR6 engine. Okay. Yes. All right. So the motor in the Falcon XR6 is called the, the actual name of the motor internally and externally is the Barra Turbo. Spelled the same way. B-A-R-R-A. So the theory Ooh. is this. Mary Barra is a Ford plant who is now the CEO of GM. So she could shut down Holden. So Ford would win the Barra versus LS war. This is obviously true, and I believe it. I can I can take this even further. Oh, sh- oh my, let's go. L- right now, let's do it. <laughs> Did you see the announce? So what's the most popular SUVs and pickup trucks? Or, you know, that's the war in the United States, right? It's yes, not, correct, yep. It's not, it's not Holden versus Ford cars, engines like it is in Australia. It's GM, GMC, Chevy, Ford, Toyota, Dodge pickups, right? Yep. Did you see... The um, announcement that GM is shutting down truck production. What? I don't no, know. Yes. I don't no know way, if, dude. Yeah, I don't know. It. I put it on our Facebook page. I don't. I don't know if it's temporary or not. But would anybody but a Ford plant in a rival company shut down their truck production <gasps> to pave the way for F one fifties? You're right. This is true. This is confirmed. This happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this this is our our it, you know point of maximum or you know maximum points winner so far. Yeah, this is all the way to the right and all the way at the top. It's <laughs> not only it's not only plausible, but it is an excellent conspiracy theory. The long game, the mole inside the company, the little Damn. tip, the little tip off, so that when they achieve their goal, people know it was them. Yeah. Like, oh my god, perfect. God damn, Barra did it to him. That's crazy. Mary <laughs> Mary Barra was the second shooter. She's in the grassy knoll. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> That's okay. That, that turned out better than I thought, but actually there are, there are a good amount of conspiracy theories about GM and it, it might be because of how they do business. So another GM one uh, is that GM killed the Fiero because the 1990 prototype was too good and it would beat the Corvette. So the, the evidence for this one is that <laughs> this is weird. Okay. Here's the connection. The 91 Corvette did a quarter in 14 and a half at 96 miles an hour. Ugh. The, the 91 front wheel drive Lumina with a Z for 34 did it in 15 and a half at 90. So the, <laughs> so if you imagine that same engine, the Z 34 in a 2,700 pound Fiero, they're saying that it would be oh, it's too gonna break, fast. It's going to break. Would, the speed. It's going to break the speed of sound. Yeah, yeah, it would. But okay, so there's that. But then couple the Fiero one to what we know to be true about actual Pontiac. And when I say <laughs> by know to be true, I mean say if I cherry pick the G8 
and um, the G4 and the G6, all the fastest cars in their in their area, and then look at what Pontiac was preparing to do with that. Was it called the fire breather concept? They were going to bring back the Firebird in yes. the Camaro body. Yes. So if we if we cherry pick those examples and ignore the financial crisis and the fact that Pontiac didn't really make anything, then it becomes clear that GM obviously killed the Fiero and Pontiac because they were too good at their jobs. They almost had that scare a little while ago with the ZL1 Camaro, right? They I was did. just going to say actually, that. They, going they around they the streets, streets of Willow, right? Yes. Yeah. And it almost lapped yes. as fast as the Corvette. Yep. yep. And there was actually like, and it wasn't even done yet or something. And they were like, okay, we got to stop. Like, <laughs> like that was like, an, like more or less kind of announced that they had to dial back the ZL1 and come up with something new and exciting in the Corvette department because, you know, this is kind of back to our many, many Corvette discussions. You know, no matter what the body shape looks like, the front rear layout was reaching parity across the board. You can only make a front rear car go so fast that others are going to start to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and especially when it's your own brand, it's a big whoopsie. So, you yeah, know, I think that's I don't think that's entirely far fetched that, you know, the Fiero was, you know, was a loose end that GM had to tie up. <laughs> loose end. Well, I mean, yeah, that they, they they GM instead of play this game again in house with the Camaro, just fully change the layout of the well and the Blackwing, too. Right. Yes. Oh, yes. that's a four door, but still they just fully changed the layout of the Corvette instead of playing this game, which is pretty cool. Yes. Um, and if you consider what Corvette, like what generation Corvette was out at that time, it was the God awful C4, the 91. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like that was the one that they probably just introduced automatic, right? Cause they're so fancy. <laughs> and like it's true so i'm gonna say that this one is not only a good conspiracy theory i would not be surprised if that was proven to be true yeah give it it the give it the old mythbusters plausible plaque yeah yeah if only by their (laughs) own hand they keep fucking doing it (laughs) yes and also pattern of behavior For some reason, when we talked about dropping that Lumina engine into the Fiero, where my head went immediately was the South Park episode where Randy broke into uh, the CERN and got a little piece of a nuclear reactor for Stan's soapbox derby car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. I do. Yes, exactly it's that. And it down the track and the thing like just like shot yes i do remember that (laughs) and for some reason he was dressed like princess leo when they showed the security footage of him yes that was yeah that was great randy's the best (laughs) it has nothing to do with anything but somehow that's where that's the leap that my mind made thinking that little fiero just rocketing off the line just I'm just looking here at the other ones I have. I mean, an, a, another another one, another GM related one, obviously, because they've done all the bad stuff. I should have mentioned this before. DeLorean. There's there's 
we should watch at some point. There's a movie about the conspiracy theory called Framing John DeLorean. The theory being that the big three framed John DeLorean for doing all these bad things because he, his car was too good. Um, but was it though? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's iconic. Yeah. It, would it have been iconic without the movie? No, <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No, it was, no, not particularly. So that, that's what, I'd be interested to hear what scared the executives in the big three, because there was nothing really objectively good about the DeLorean. It's a, it's a weird, it's got a weird shape. It's got a unique shape. Like if you see it in a parking lot or on the road, like it's like, okay, like, and that, the that doors looks like, and the, yeah, that, that yeah. all stuff. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting car because it's the subject of such unbelievable obsession despite the fact that it is trash (laughs) (laughs) it no good like yeah it's absolutely trash sorry guys we should watch that we should watch that movie that that, we should do it yeah we should all watch it and come back and do like a, a movie review on one of our episodes yeah we should do that um but yeah like i i don't think anybody whether it's big three in Detroit or, you know, Daimler or any, any executives at that time would look at the Delor maybe outside of the shape and think, okay, we need to kick our design department in the ass a little bit. But like, other than that, like it's, I, I feel like it's almost as if like current executives saw the first Tesla. It was like, okay, I see what you're doing, but we can probably do that better than you. <laughs> Right. And they you know, know. Wanted, wanted a better back end and, and you know, some right. quality control in their vehicles before they started mass producing electric cars. God forbid. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Sometimes first is best, but not all the time. True. All right. Uh, so, yeah, GM killing things. Yes, except for framing John DeLorean, because why they didn't need to. He just was transporting a shit ton of coke. So. They probably didn't need to frame him. He it was easy. Like to, that's easy to do, though. Planting <laughs> evidence is easy. That's <laughs> true. But also, he seemed that if you look at the DeLorean and then consider the time, you're like, yeah, that probably was doing some blow. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure right. the executives in the big three were, too. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think look I at the time. Considering that. the times. What about one that we all saw happen? recently and well we just got to talk about it again uh the the hamilton verstappen formula one grand prix conspiracy that for some reason uh it advantaged f1 to make verstappen win and make hamilton lose why I don't know. The, that, no yeah, one ever says why. Yeah, no one says why. <laughs> they just they just said that that's what happened. They don't really they don't really say why. I'll I'll I've, I said it when it happened. I'll say it here again that the thought that 
what was his name? Michael Massey was the race director yeah. at the time. The thought that he had, I'm pretty sure was, this is a duel for the world championship. This cannot end under a safety car. We've got to let them race for this, even if it's just one lap. That is a good thought, and that is, I think, the right thought. The way they went about it was just all completely bonkers and fucked up. The execution was terrible. So Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a gaffe, a, a major gaffe that was made for, I would argue, the right reasons. <clears throat> there I don't think there is any amount of evidence that can convince me that that was rigged. Like to to what end? Like, why would you not want Lewis to get an eighth championship? I have no idea. Like, why would you not want that to happen? That historic kind of moment. Like, if like, why would you be fighting against that? <laughs> it's not like Verstappen's going to take his ball and go home. He's twenty four, twenty five years old. He's going to be around a while. And guess what? He's probably getting better. As scary as that is. Like, yeah. So if you didn't win it in 21 or 22, probably before too long. So like, yeah, no truth. Terrible conspiracy. The people just mad. They're just mad. People are just happened. mad. It's Hamilton yeah. fans that were mad. <laughs> that's and, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Bad conspiracy theory. I don't yeah, know. I, anything. There you go. There he is. No, yeah, I think it's a bad conspiracy theory. Just, just because we see it so often in sports that like everybody jumps to it being a conspiracy theory, and like, you know, it's like the end of this year's Super Bowl. Like, yes, you know, is it unfortunate that it ended that way? Yeah, super. Is it super you know, cringe? Like, but is it like? Was there obviously a foul? You know, did they technically do the right thing? Yes. Does that make it you know conspiracy? Absolutely not. And I think that it's a little foggier with this because it's like you know it's open to decisions being made by the race director, and when it's decisions that have some flexibility versus. A, a rule you do or do not enforce. Uh, I think that that changes it a little bit, but it's something that we we're, we're going to see this in sports forever. And I think that that does not make it a conspiracy theory. In my opinion, it's not. Yeah, and it's also, it's, it's not, you know, that's from a functional standpoint from a, is it even a fun conspiracy theory? Also? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, yeah, we're clearly in a, like we talked about, couple episodes ago, we, we are clearly in a weird cluster of major sporting events ending uh, with official interference, but it's not indicative of anything. It's just a weird. I mean, there's it, that hasn't happened in my lifetime. And now it happens five times in three years. Like, yeah, sucks, we, we, but we we're getting unlucky in that in that respect. I think yeah. the one thing that people who were crafting this conspiracy theory, like completely missed unless I just didn't see it. And if you guys correct me, if I'm wrong, that would add a shred of credence to this, a shred of plausibility is if someone would have come out and said they did it for drive to survive. They did it for the show. They did it for the ah, drama. Pfft. It's better than what they got now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not saying that makes it true, but I'm saying if someone would come out and said the only reason they flubbed this whole thing up and gave it to Verstappen was so more people would tune in to Drive to Survive. Yeah, it's true. Like that at least is like, oh, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I, but it's just like F1. What, what F1 really needs that Netflix money? Like they're they're just <laughs> you know what no, I mean? Like, maybe what, what I the mean, hell? I mean, I mean I've seen, seen a lot of people. Popularity has exploded since, like, as popular as it was, it is insane right now. Since that they show are came using out. it to reach yeah, new right. new markets, kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you can't have interesting racing, then the best thing to do is to get a Netflix series, right? Yes, controversy and Netflix. Well, and okay, now now we're giving way too much time to this, but okay, all right, okay, okay. I have I have a good one here. I I have one. I have one for Tristan specifically. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in on this real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna swan dive into this rabbit hole for just a second. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. So, you don't have interesting (laughs) racing. You need a Netflix series to bring new money. You bring new money to appease the team principals and team owners who get a better cut of that money who are now trying to block any new team that enters, even with the name of Andretti, ooh, to dilute the money. Oh, shit. He on X Games mode. Maybe it's uh, <laughs> X-Files mode, you mean? X-Files mode! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe it's maybe Total Wolf, the Bond villain, is steering this whole shit. It's all Total Could Wolf. Be. Okay, I believe this now. I've changed my mind completely. This happened. Point, does, does he have <laughs> a fluffy white his, cat? I wouldn't be surprised, but to the point where he had his own driver lose the world championship because he was playing the long game. That's big. Or it's what I said a couple weeks ago, and Toto Wolf secretly hates Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. That's right. We're That's expanding. Conspiracy theory. New episode. We're making all your conspiracy theories better. <laughs> <laughs> Improving your conspiracy theories one one at a time. That's right. So that's okay. what you should have done, people. That's right. That's and that's the linchpin, right? You have to convince people that Total Wolf hates Hamilton, and that's how you make it true. The rest of the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, here's a really good conspiracy theory for Tristan specifically. It's this Tristan. The conspiracy is that Toyota is secretly behind Lean Six Sigma so that they could trick other companies into adopting subpar business practices. Lean Six Sigma or. uh... Uh Yeah, I mean. We agile is the big, the uh, the big offshoot from that. Mm-hmm. That is they're currently using. I mean, I got trained in agile by a guy who works for Toyota. See, that's so, it. That's just it, though. So yeah, I Toyota think did develop lean. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they, I mean, they developed agile um, also, and I think that that's you know, I think that that's or they, they certainly adopted it and are you know now spreading it to others um mm-hmm. and i think that that's i think that's an entirely plausible <laughs> plausible one um but do you know what else toyota invented just in time yes just yes. in time inventory yeah uh, so just yeah they manufacturing just, too they just 
invented all that shit, I guess. Yep, the Toyota method, it was originally called. Yeah, so I guess that is a conspiracy theory. This happened. True. True. Now, does it does it encourage the rest of the world to adopt shitty business practices? Eh, I guess. So, sorry, I should have. Wait, 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 wait. Little, that would assume that these... That would that would assume that these are shitty business practices. It seems to be working pretty well for Toyota. Yep. Sorry, my mistake was I didn't read the rest of. The, I got too excited about Toyota actually, actually, oh. actually inventing lean. Um, so Toyota was secretly behind Lean Six Sigma manufacturing theory, so that they could trick other companies into adopting subpar business business practices. Following LSS and just in time manufacturing resulted in all of the shortages that we experienced throughout COVID. Hmm. No, <laughs> not, not particularly. <laughs> Second nominee for hard in the paint award. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty they, good though. That's the that's the you know that's the accelerated quickly award, unintended acceleration award. Hey, also Toyota. No, Audi. <laughs> no, no, the floor mats. Remember? I know, I know. the The original news article was in the eighties about Audis. Oh shit. They yeah. stole that too. They convinced Audi to have a news article about unintended acceleration. No. <laughs> <laughs> For great business practices. <laughs> yeah. There's your conspiracy theory. Exactly. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, so that, that one's true. Like we said, that, that stamp that, that one. That happened. It, it actually happened. Not a conspiracy theory. Well, except for the COVID um, part. Right. Yeah, that's where it. Yeah, that's the twist. But I mean, in that case, that's just being an idiot. Like, yeah, no, lean didn't have anything to do with the covid shortages. Yeah, because <laughs> lean doesn't take into consideration a worldwide pandemic. And right. Supply the- chain issues that result from it. Otherwise, we'd have more stuff in <laughs> stock. <laughs> right. But that's I mean, it's all in a way it's, I guess, in a perverse way, it could be seen as true, but it's just not because. No, eh. it's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um. OK. So. What is another good one that we've got here? Have you guys ever heard of the company Tucker? Yes. Heard of, yes. Yeah. Aware yeah, of. So like Tristan is of Rubens. Aware, aware yes. of them. Aware. Never, <laughs> yes, same. I am also aware of Tucker in vaguely the same way I'm aware of Rubens. Well, <laughs> Tucker, Preston Tucker specifically, and his uh, Chicago Tucker automobiles were were they were they were going to be they were the upstart they were tesla before tesla they were going to take down this corrupt company uh corrupt company being all three of the other brands i guess Um, (laughs) this corrupt three companies yes and and after world war ii uh they had trouble restarting tucker did and and they made all of 51 cars ever before they had to file for bankruptcy and the conspiracy theory is that somehow the big three were responsible for all uh, of his business problems. All of somehow. his rules. <laughs> but he only made 51 cars. So it's a super rare collector's item, but probably not a conspiracy theory there. He might just, he was probably just bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
So here's the thing. Give me one reason why they were like, and I'm not saying you, Andrew, I'm saying the people who came up with this, they were responsible for all (laughs) of his business problems. How? Like what? (laughs) Oh my God. What could they have done? Wait, what? Sorry. I, I, there's uh there's a story here that somehow got bumped three days ago, but was originally written in 1989. So this was, this was not something I've ever seen before. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He had such a phenomenal car. The big three automakers moved to block it, uh, by bullying their own suppliers into refusing to sell him parts or maybe he was just behind on payment. No one knows. Now we're getting um, somewhere. Now, yeah, now we're getting somewhere. Um, the government was conspiring against Tucker as well. And it yes, doesn't say there was. Doesn't, there was. A, there was. I'm how. looking at it. I'm looking at it now. There was an SEC trial um, oh. that basically um, a grand jury investigation um, into that. Uh, <laughs> You know, five counts of conspiracy, to, one count of conspiracy to defraud, and five counts of uh, uh, SEC uh, regulation violation, and twenty-five counts of mail fraud. Um, this is against Tucker, yeah. Against Tucker, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, include included leaks of the detailed SEC report that was never released publicly. Um, Colliers ran this, and then basically the. Tucker Corporations was closed on the same day that the trial started. Oh. 50, 50 cars, not including the prototype. Tucker never intended, the government contended that Tucker never intended to actually produce a car. Um, <laughs> basically, oh, so he was know, just doing, like fraud. He was just stealing investors money. Apparently. Yeah, yes. Yep. That's the, that's the big thing is that he was basically just collecting a bunch of investment money from Rubes. And was never going to create a car. Well, he made 51, so. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> I guess. He, he would, I think he'd be eligible to race an IMSA. I think that's how many that's cars you have. That's homologated. Homologated. Enough for homologation. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like he was just kind of a shyster. And it wasn't the big three that were taking him down. <laughs> yeah. That no, it was, very it was true. the government. Government. The government. Um, ooh, I missed this one. I missed this one early. I meant to, I had an order, but it got blown out of the uh, out of the water because we got so excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of 15 minute cities. All right. This conspiracy theory is that U.S. suburban sprawl is deliberately intended to create a car-dependent culture that benefits the automobile and oil industries. That one, I actually partially buy, because I feel like it's it's at least partially true. Like, <laughs> because it was... Now, whether that's a conspiracy or just people were sold a product that they liked. So it perpetuated the production of that product. Like post, yeah. post post war people were shown, Oh, here are these wonderful cars you can drive around in. And now that you have a car, you don't have to live right on top of your neighbor in a flat. You can get a whole house to yourself. Um, you know, and like, 
so then, yeah, all these neighborhoods were built because cars were available. Yeah, and I think there are some things like correlated to what we were talking about with the the fifteen minute city, is that you know zoning decisions were made that you know like hey you can't put you know we're gonna deny a bike lane here you know mm-hmm. we're you know we're not gonna zone commercial within x many miles of residential you're gonna have to drive to stuff you know so yeah I, I, is it conspiracy theory or just kind of the way the market shook out i don't know yeah. but i i do believe that they are designed that way now, whether that's specifically it's it's designed around driving. Now, is that specifically to benefit the automobile industry and the oil industry, or is that just a side effect of that? So that's yeah, the I think hard it's part. probably chicken egg, right? It, I was just going to say the same yeah. thing. Yeah, go go ahead, Nick. No, like it, if it, 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 do you think that the availability of the automobile post-war perpetuated the creation of suburbs or do you feel like the suburbs were built to get people to buy more cars so if it if you think the latter you're a conspiracy theorist if you think the former (laughs) you're just like tristan said it's just kind of the way the market went you know yeah so i yeah i i am 100 percent with you andrew it's chicken and egg like it just whatever yeah. side of that argument you fall on, I I, I fall on. Um, I'm with Tristan on this one. Like cars were here, which means you didn't have to live in an on the 15th floor, like two blocks from the factory you worked at. Right. You know, fresh air, your own space, no smog, all of that stuff. <laughs> So I'm la- I'm laughing because of the next next one that I have here. Um. <laughs> well, go for it. This one this one's actually a lot because it's a lot. Thir- it's it's thirteen different conspiracy theories. That is too many. All, all about the movie Cars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot about. I've heard a lot of these. Weirdly enough. Or all of the Cars movies, I should say. So not just not just Cars one, but a lot of them. Um, uh, what, what's the first one here? Um, Mater is a serial killer. It's the first one. Hmm. I guess because because he owns the, the tow yard, and so because the cars are people, it'd be like displaying dead people. He owns the graveyard. It's in his best interest to fill it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Um, There's one that. um, So World War Two canonically happened in the cars universe. So the conspiracy theory is that um, there was a cars 9-11. I don't know. Why that specifically? <laughs> but okay, how had that been pulled off? <laughs> I don't know. That's 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 what it says here. Uh, ca- the cars have an organized religion, as confirmed by the fact that there is a car pope in Cars Two. 
yeah, I mean that makes sense. That's not a conspiracy theory. That seems like yeah, fact to me. That just that happened. It's True. Society. Like, um, the cars, yeah, the cars (laughs) adopted the personalities of their former human masters who mysteriously died. Oh, sorry. Who either mysteriously died or, or killed their owners. Just had to make that. Right. I was to say that was, that's more likely. Let's face it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody knows that. Come on, man. Uh, and yeah. And then related to that, uh, Cars somehow became sentient and then immediately overthrew humanity. Uh, but this was caused by technology similar to self-driving. It's like a Terminator scenario. Yes, but they friendly. became self-aware. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, oh, and then the really mortifying one. Cars uh, did not take over humanity. They are evolved humans. Ah, the uh, cool. the Kurzweil, uh, what is it? The, the the convergence or whatever he calls it? the singularity. Yes, singularity, singularity where where humans and technology become indistinguishable. And so, in every inside of every car's car, there is a human being. Why would we choose vehicles? I really don't. I don't know. I, it's I don't know. I don't know that I want to know. There's they a post require here with- arguably more maintenance than we do. Well, there's a post here with drawings, and I just absolutely refuse. I'm not doing this. Wait, there's drawings? <laughs> yeah. There's oh, drawings. shit. <laughs> one, one last Cars one. We'll do one last Cars one. Um, Sally from the first cars. one, right? Yeah. Sure. The, uh, the theory is she tried to kill herself before she ended up in Radiator Springs. Uh, I'm just going to read this one because this one's weird. I don't know. When lightning drives off with Sally to the Wheelwell motel, he asks her how a city Porsche ended up in nowheresville. She responds that she did indeed have a lavish life, but she wasn't happy with a far off look. This, <laughs> this is it? a common, this is a common sign of depression. Not being able to find happiness, even in situations where most others do. Then she says she drove away from home into the desert until she broke down. Not ran out of gas, but broke down. We know that cars die, and I would suspect breaking down and crashing are the only ways that happens. (laughs) Then she talks about how Mater found her and towed her back. She didn't call for a tow. She was found, broken down, alone in the desert, driving away from her life without a destination. (laughs) That kind of disproves the... Mater's a serial killer one, though. It's we're at odds here. Yeah. Well, see, that's his cover up, though. That's yeah. <laughs> the, he saves one to kill 50. It's a classic. Oh, scheme. my goodness. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's been listening to many true crime podcasts. <laughs> I mean, no, not anymore. They, well, we're not a podcast podcast, so we're not a meta podcast about podcasts. Um, all right, we'll do, we'll do one, we'll do one last one because I had never heard of this one, but apparently this is one that, um, has been around for a long time. So maybe you guys have heard of this one, the gasoline pill. Hmm. I'm intrigued. So the, the theory is, and apparently this has happened multiple times throughout history as recently as, oh my gosh, 2007 was the last one. Uh, a gasoline pill or gasoline powder is a any product claimed to be able to turn water into gas. 
None of them are real. It's it's completely yeah, impossible. No. It's it, it can't happen. <laughs> uh, and the last one, uh, I'll just read this in Wikipedia. Between 92 and 2007, that is a fucking scam, bro. Between 92 and 07, a businessman called Tim Johnson managed to garner over $100 million for the promotion of a, quote, magic pill that cut emissions and made fuel last longer. Firepower International was the name of the company. Oh, wow. <laughs> In 2007, his Virgin Island registered company collapsed. <laughs> no assets could be retrieved and no evidence could be found of the efficacy of the tablet. <laughs> so that's not a conspiracy theory that's just a scam yeah no well it just turned into a scam it originally started uh in 1916 who uh with, with a guy named lewis Einrich, who claimed to have a water to gasoline pill shock he was a scammer and so was the guy in 96 and in 83 <laughs> and 94 they were all scam. so what we're learning is that this can't happen this is the semi-modern lead to gold alchemical bullshit yeah it really is mm -hmm. oh they had a pretty cool logo though did firepower operations or that firepower uh, operations it's, it's like that guy who is selling um invisible dolls on ebay <laughs> what <laughs> you didn't hear that mm -mm. yeah he was selling invisible um like baby dolls and he would just ship people empty boxes and he oh, was getting like sounds... He was Sad. getting like 50, 60 bucks a pop for him. Wow. Hey, some uh, people well, are just clever. Yeah, but but like also like invisible and also you can't touch them. Like, is that the. Yeah. Intangible as well. Well, <laughs> he didn't lie. He... <laughs> we, we can't we can't prove he did at least. That's right. He he didn't lie. <laughs> that's it's yeah so that the the gasoline pill is is not a conspiracy theory it is a scam that's all it yeah, is yeah that's just a, that's just a scam i guess yeah that's true so both very not so i guess true in the fact that it was a scam right this that did happen zero on a conspiracy theory scale that's true uh and i guess it's worth mentioning related to that uh, another actual conspiracy um that's been circling around on TikTok again, as we just explained, you can't run a car on water. Uh, the conspiracy is that you can run a car on water, but they don't want you to know. Okay. That's, that's it. They don't want you to know because, because <laughs> of the water. Got it. Okay. That's they. it, man. <laughs> Who's they? Uh, day so so well actually i i can say more about this the fact that water-powered cars is a conspiracy that comes up over and over and over again because of a guy called stanley meyer do you guys do you, you ever seen this heard about this <laughs> no uh, so so stanley meyer nope. was a was an inventor who claimed to have invented the water-powered car and in 1998 he died while eating at a restaurant uh, of a cerebral aneurysm. So just died light, light turned off. Uh, according to his brother, Stephen, Stanley Meyer took a sip from his cranberry juice, fell violently ill and uttered with his dying declaration. They poisoned me. <laughs> they poisoned me. 
I, I don't know if that's true, but it makes a good story. And I think, um, I think that's why it's, that's a punchy story. You know what I mean? In 98, it was almost solved. Stanley Meyer, he died at a cafe. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's catchy. And I think it makes it easy to form other conspiracy theories around that. Hmm. Yeah. But fuel cells, you know, the hydrogen fuel cells are <laughs> yeah. like the closest thing. But we're, fuel so we're, we're almost there. That's kind of the difference, right? Like a car that runs on water, hydrogen fuel cells, like a vast difference in between the two, infinite difference in between the two. Yes. A million but, percent. Yeah. All right. That, that was a, th- those are all the ones I have, honestly. Those were good ones. There's some good, there's some, there's some good, there's some bad, there's some funny ones. There's some things that just happened. There's some things that just didn't happen. It's kind of the whole range. <laughs> that was, that was actually a, it was, that was a really fun episode. I, I enjoyed <laughs> diving into those. I want to hear though, um, some other conspiracy theories that we may have missed from our listeners. So, um, I encourage them to reach out to us on social. We have a Facebook page. Find us check engine podcast on Facebook. Um, we do still have a Twitter, Andrew. We do at check engine pod. I checked it just the other day, actually accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oops. Uh, <laughs> didn't mean to click that button. Uh, Tristan, what's uh, Instagram? Instagram is at uh, check engine pod. And then I'm going to try Mastodon here. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. It's at check engine podcast at Mastodon dot social. Correct. He's got, got it. it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> He's got it already. We're on Mastodon kids. Uh, be sure to like, follow, share, post DM. Tell us your conspiracy theories. Reach out how and when you can. Um, you can ask us questions. Let us know what you like, dislike, give us topic ideas, all that stuff. Uh, we, uh, anything else before we, uh, wrap up here guys, or do you think that we, we can call this one? I think, I think we're pretty good. I think we've done well. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've done well. That'll do. <laughs> well, thanks for sticking with us today, everybody. We appreciate you listening, but we don't want you just to listen. We want to interact with you. We already mentioned the socials, but, um, even if, you know, you don't want to interact with us on social that's all right. You're listening to us on a platform somewhere, right? Cool. So on that platform, there is an opportunity for you to leave a review. Go ahead and do that if you would, please. Preferably a good review and or hit that subscribe button. It's free. Not going to cost anything except for half a second of your time. And you'll get notified of any new content that we put out for you. If you're really into what we're doing, and you want to support us monetarily. You have two options for that. You can go to patreon.com slash check engine podcast or hit that support button on our homepage at anchor.fm slash check engine podcast. Every cent pledged is put towards making this a better experience for you, the listeners and funding our next five years as a show. None of it goes five years. years. None of it goes back into our personal pockets. Again, thank you in advance. Who or what are we thanking before we get out of here today? I would like to thank the denizens of the internet uh, who spend their time 
wildly overestimating the capabilities of everyone and everything. Without you, we would have no conspiracy theories, and the world would be a slightly duller, if more rational and sane place. That's very true. That's very true. Tristan? I would like to uh, thank my sister. Um, it was her birthday this previous weekend. Um, oh, right. Happy birthday, Brenna. And, uh, and uh, due to a bit of a scheduling snafu, um, we were unable <laughs> to uh, to visit her at her home for her birthday in Georgia. So she made the the arduous trek north through a bunch of snow and ice um, and joined us up here for a rousing good time. Um, so, you know, thank you for for driving up so we can all celebrate your birthday with you. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Brenna. Are you, are you guys still getting crazy snow there? Not uh, crazy. We got some more. We got, we got some more again last week, but that was when they were driving up. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Jeez. So what happens is, Andrew, it snows overnight and then it's 40 during the day and it all melts away. And that's been a cycle for the past couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah, we've just been getting rain. And and mm. then I get a text from Tristan's like, it's 10 inches of snow now. <laughs> yeah, it makes it to us and boom, snow. I but only for like, I move away and you guys actually get a winter. I could not be more upset. Well, I mean, it's it's winter for like 20 to 24 hours at a crack and then it melts off. So sounds good. Um, but anyway, right. off topic. Happy birthday, Brenna. <laughs> and um, for me, a uh, couple of well, one, I guess, is a shout out. I just want to shout out um, my Wednesday night men's league basketball team. A couple days from recording this, we are going to be playing for our first league championship in like 10 years. Hey. Woo! We, we made the finals this year. We've been knocked last year. We got knocked out in the semifinals in triple overtime. Ooh. So um, to get in. Yeah, to get into the championship this year is a really big accomplishment. So congrats, guys. And uh, looking forward to to Wednesday, the championship game. And then um, I usually end by saying, as all and as always, thank you, listeners. But uh, <laughs> hey, we made it five years, and that's because people listen. So yeah, <laughs> thank right. you, listeners, <laughs> for your continued support. That's not my and always. That is my actual thank you this week. Uh, <laughs> So thank you for five years of your of continued support. We love hearing from you. We love recording this for you. And we cannot wait to do it again. Until then, take care.